This is Belonging, a podcast that explores being alive in the age of loneliness. I'm your host, Becca Piastrelli, a writer, mother, and community tender currently living on the ancestral lands of the Coast Miwok people in present-day Marin County, California. In this show, we explore topics like rites of passage, cultivating meaningful community, seasonal and cyclical living, and what it means to be a good ancestor in these times. I have thought-provoking conversations with friends, teachers, elders, and ancestral medicine keepers to help support you in bringing more meaning and connection to your life. I also pop in here and there to share updates and learnings from my own story, because we were meant to do this together, cosmically holding hands as we walk the spiral of life. You can expect to be challenged by new or old ideas, face your beliefs and what systems informed them, get curious and brave to tell the truth about the deeper, harder things, and feel comforted in the knowing that you don't have to navigate it all alone. Hello and welcome back to Belonging, the podcast. Becca Piastrelli here. Happy solstice season, if you're listening around the time that we drop this. Happy summer, happy winter, two pretty polar opposite feelings in your body, in your the bioregion in which you live. So honoring wherever you are in your internal season, in your bioregional season, in the season of your lives, in the season of your work, in all of it. I am definitely going to take a little summer break from the podcast. I think I'm going to record a solo episode and release it soon because I'm getting a lot of questions about this last season of my life in which I've come and shared with you all that I have been diagnosed with postpartum depression. And so I think I'm going to do a solo episode on that and share it with you soon. But I wanted to share this particular episode, which is the final interview that I'm sharing before my summer break, because it's with Anushka Florence, whose book, The Women's Circle, How to Gather with Meaning, Intention, and Purpose, is out stateside now. Uh, I thought it was so cool that it comes out on the solstice um, here in the States. It's been out for a few months in the UK, where Anushka lives. Anushka lives in London. Um, But I think as I share in the interview, it's a book that people have asked me to write or that I've dreamt about and thought, maybe I'm supposed to write it. And then as Elizabeth Gilbert shares in Big Magic, her book, Big Magic, like, you know, these ideas are like caught with butterfly nets and sometimes it's yours to catch and sometimes it's yours to release. And so when I saw that Anushka had written this book, I was just like, thank goodness, because this is such important the New Age wellness space would call it technology. But for real, it's really, really ancient and supportive of technology or a way of doing life that I want to make sure everyone who wants it gets access to because it's been so transformative. The practice of circle has been so transformative in my life. And so Anushka's book has come out. And so I wanted to make sure I timed this interview with that. So Anushka Florence is a teacher, an author, a circle tender, and a mother. She had her baby Luna right around a little before I had my baby Atlas. And she is the keeper of the mama's village, the mama of the goddess space, and the author of the women's circle. Her work is based on ancient spiritual feminine practices that are grounded in the belief that the power to heal comes from within. I was really pumped to dive into this interview with her because I got to ask her all the questions people ask me. And it's so, it's really nice actually to hear another person's response to it. So we talk about like, what is circle? I find some people here like, oh, circling, circle, circle. And they're like, I don't know what you mean. It's like, no, literally sitting in a circle with people and going deep together. We talk about rituals, we talk about practices, um, ancestral lineages, including Anushka's very specific lineage, including her teacher and the people she comes from and how that informs her work. And then the common questions about circles, such as, how do I find a circle near me? What if I'm an introvert? What if I feel uncomfortable or unsafe in circle? 
what if I'm not into all that woo-woo stuff? So at the center, this conversation is about how circles can serve us well. And it's an invitation to hear if circle is calling you. Now I need to tell you, the audio quality on this interview is not great. And we apologize for that. I even had my magical podcast producer, Amelia, really take a look at it and The bottom line is we've learned, we've learned from this episode on how best to capture audio. It was like late night over in London. Anushka was doing the best she could. I was doing the best I could. So I am asking you to dig deep. If you actually do have like some audio sensitivities, this might be one to skip. And if you're someone who's really interested in this topic and can acclimate, to the audio on this, I dig deep and enjoy and and hear and learn from this conversation with Anushka Florence. Enjoy. You are eight hours ahead of me. It is the evening. Mm. How do you do in the evenings? How do you do in the evenings? I just like pff, crash. It depends. If I've had a bit of self-care in the day, I feel like I get a second wave and I can have a bit of me time. If I don't, then I'm in bed by seven o'clock. What does self-care mean to you? I'm just trying to figure out what that means to me. Uh, today it was a massage oh. and it was amazing. A full body massage and uh, soaked up every second came out, cooked Luna dinner, and then now I feel very energized. That was smart. And Mm -hmm. Luna is a few months older than Atlas. How old is Luna? Yeah, she'll be two in end of July. Oh, she's one month older than Atlas. Is that it? We've walked. Yeah, Atlas is end of August. Oh, my gosh. Wait, when is Luna's birthday? The 29th of July. Okay, little Leo and little Virgo. Mm, Wow. Crazy. And what sign are you? Both our babies are sleeping and I can hear mine. Okay, I think she's okay. <laughs> I'm a Leo. I'm July 27th. Oh, I'm two yeah. days before oh, Luna. Cute. Fiery. And what are you? I'm a Pisces. So I'm oh, end of that. We love our Pisces. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you're here for many reasons. We connected Anushka Florence. We connected over Instagram the magical, maddening Instagram, because we have been walking kind of parallel lives, Mm. which is um, so nice to feel kinship in that way. We brought babies into the world and we brought books into the world. Mm. And we both really believe in the power of circle. Mm -hmm. And you wrote this wonderful book called The Women's Circle that has come out in the United States on June 21st, solstice. How auspicious. So we are here to chat about mama, being a mama, uh, being a book writer while being a mama, and this beautiful practice of circle and this gorgeous book that you have written. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Becca. It felt like the moment I listened to your podcast, I, I actually remember where I was. I was in lockdown, five months pregnant, in the countryside walking through a field and I found your podcast and I started listening to you and it was like everything you were saying I was like echoing (laughs) I was like yes I know I know that feeling yes I I'm going through that too so it's beautiful to be connecting now and sharing our journeys together I know and then you wrote you you did a voice memo over Instagram you were the person that taught me that there are voice memos on Instagram (laughs) and I could hear your you walking, I could hear your leaves, your feet crunching on the leaves, and you just shared your heart with me. Mm. And then I didn't get that message till like three months later because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> understand. I understand now how the, the DMs work. And I was like, Hi, are you still around? Because <laughs> I was like, to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. Well, I have just power read your beautiful book over the weekend before us recording. Because it's not out in the States yet, but it's as we're recording this in end of May, spring, summer vibes in the Northern Hemisphere. You're in London. Mm -hmm. I'm um, just north of San Francisco talking. So I got like a pre-version of this book before it lands here. 
And you know what I thought the whole weekend I was reading it is, thank goodness she wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. It like answered every question that people ask me when I share my circle practice. I don't teach it. I used to, but I don't teach it anymore. You teach it. Mm-hmm. And I have just like, there's these questions over and over people ask. And I thought there needs to be a book. And the book I love is Jean Shinoda Bolin's um, The Millionth Circle. Yes, I love it too. Which is a really special book. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like, a poem, like an homage yeah. to circle. And you, this beautiful book you've written is like part poem homage to circle. And then a part like, okay, here's the deal. Here are all your questions answered. And also empowering every person reading the book to not go into the dogmatic practice of like a certain lineage to mm-hmm. be like, I empower you to do this. So thank you for writing this book. I'm going to mm-hmm. just... I refer it to everyone <laughs> and tell Aww. people this. If you're really stuck, if you're really stuck on circle, here's a place to start. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So with that being said, I would love to know how you were called to circle yourself. Cause I know you grew up in a tight knit Jewish community. You had sort of this like bohemian mother and there's so much that informs where we land in life. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know how you landed in a space of really being devoted to the practice of circle. So, yeah, as you said, kind of I grew up with ritual and tradition and community being at the epicenter of my world. Um, So in my culture, we would gather to mark rites of passage, to mark holy days, new moons, um, solar festivals, and times of love and loss and it was just in me this this knowing of the importance of gathering however as I kind of got older I realized that I wanted to seek out a a journey of my own a spiritual journey of my own and as much as Judaism answered a lot of my questions there was a lot left unanswered especially to do with the feminine and the role of the feminine. And so I kind of began the spiritual quest and went to cultures outside of my own to seek counsel and inspiration. And when I was about 22, 23, I met this wise woman um, in England of Celtic lineage. And I started going to see her every Monday. And she unexpectedly just started sharing these ancient feminine practices with me. So I'll never forget walking into her apartment and she lived on the edge of Hampstead Heath, which is, you know, the sacred space of London. And I walked into the smell of herbs brewing on the stove and astrology and tarot books masking the bookshelves and purple cloths and cauldrons and herbs hanging upside down and it was this stepping into this space it was it was like a returning of some sort and I didn't know what that returning was but it felt so familiar and so I started learning from her and she would teach me and pass on these ancient feminine practices with me so everything from how to read tarot to herbalism, to working with the moon cycles, um, astrology, how to walk with the seasons. And the more I learned from her, the more I felt this yearning, this fire within me that said, I can't be the only woman knowing about these practices. Why weren't we taught them at school? And so I decided that I was going to open up my living room and invite this wise woman into my space to share with other women who may be interested in these practices. So I put out a calling and we decided to do it on a new moon and all these women started joining up. This was about eight years ago. And all of a sudden, every new moon we would gather and this wise woman would share these ancient practices with us. About five circles in, um, an elder lady decided to attend and before she left, she handed me a book and the book was The Red Tent. And she said, you know what you're doing, right? And I said, no, not really. And she passed me the book and she said, read it. So I read it in about two days and it was powerful and I couldn't, couldn't put it down. 
It was recalling this ancient feminine practice, the practice of the circle, the the remembrance of women when women used to gather, how they would gather in tents and connect and remember their power and sit in this sacred space together. And that was my realization that the circle was calling me. And the moment I realized that actually what I was creating here was ancient was the moment I realized this was everything I wanted to do with my life. And so that was my calling back to the circle, this calling within me. Oh, I'm wondering if you could name that teacher here to honor that lineage. Yes, her name is Zoe Hind, and she is Celtic pagan, my first teacher. I can send you her details if anyone cares to connect with her as well. Beautiful. Yes, we'll connect to her. Oh, I could listen to you. Did you do the audio version of this book? Because I like listening to you talk. (laughs) Is it just because I have a British accent? (laughs) (laughs) That does help uh, for those of us who are severed from the homeland. Uh, (laughs) No, I think it's also the way you just, it sounds like you you think of, I don't know, the way you speak and the way you think of circle just feels like a living poem. Mm-hmm. And it resonates with with my with my inner calling as well. So what happens in circle? What kind of magic happens in circle? Mm. Circle is the place of remembering. It's the place that gives you the permission to come back to who you are, to who the women before you were, to the women who are in front of you will become. It's the journey of the feminine. And for me, the circle is that safe and sacred space where you can remember who you who you are and let go of who everyone else told you to be. So it is a space of, of remembrance. Have you had any really uh, particularly transformative or potent experiences in circle like I'm just listening to you and I can remember there are certain Mm. I'll give an example and then maybe Mm. you can give one Uh, for many years I was calling in my child atlas many I went through many losses I had a a beautiful healer acupuncturist here say like let your heart be broken by your yearning for your child like Mm. let your heart be and find a space to be brokenhearted because it felt very vulnerable to want a child and it felt very vulnerable to share how painful that was. You know, it just in the wider world had to armor up my heart a little bit, but I have this beloved circle that has met on the new moon for the last eight years. And I, I made it, it was, it's a sharing circle. So we each have equal time to share what's true for us. And I will say we follow the lineage of Jean Shinoda in the millionth circle which is no hierarchy. And we'll talk about that stuff later. Mm -hmm. But I remember for a while, for like a year, every circle, I would just cry more and more. In the beginning, it felt so terrifying and I would almost apologize and I'd feel insecure. I'd be like, I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, when people say like, sorry for crying. And then by the end of that sort of arc, I would just heave and sob over my deep longing for a child. In that space, be witness, no one held me. This was back when we were meeting in person. No one held me. No one comforted me. No one handed me a tissue to dry my snot. I was be, I was beheld in the candlelight mm-hmm. as I was brokenhearted. And it was so healing, very scary, and then so exquisite. Mm-hmm. And that circle held me through the early tender days of of being pregnant and then being like, oh, I think this is going to happen to being a mother in lockdown to being, they were surrounded me at my mother blessing. They surround me energetically during labor and birth. And they're with me now as I navigate the next phases. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how I, how this would have gone for me if it wasn't for circle. So that's, that's mine. I wonder what's yours to share. So beautiful. I think what's potent to share for me right now is I got into this 
pattern of holding so much space that I forgot to sit in my own circles for a while. It was only after becoming a mother that I realized how much I needed to be held in that space again. And so I called out to my doula. I said, there's no way I can hold this space right now, but I need this space. I need a mama village. I need mamas around me. I need a circle. I cannot hold it. Could you hold it for, for me, for us, my beautiful doula, Debbie? And so together we sent out the calling during the lockdowns, during COVID for any mamas who wanted to gather in circle. And we have been gathering for just over a year in the most tender, raw, vulnerable time of our lives, becoming mothers, moving through the lockdowns, the uncertainty, sitting in those circles with our children in the space as well with our children, however, not for our children, has been the medicine because this is a space for the mothers to remember that the mothers need a space for them. And for me right now, this has been my weekly tonic, my weekly balm for the journey of motherhood, um, has been a safe and sacred space that I can go to with my child where I feel held and seen and witnessed on my journey. Oh, yeah. I can't have enough of those spaces <laughs> to be held when we are doing so much holding. And I really appreciate you sharing that as, I mean, you have a book and a brand all about holding space and, and teaching. You have this course mm -hmm. for teaching, and I can see how, you can easily slip into the space of not being held yourself. And that is right. The medicine you teach to be in integrity. You've got to have a circle that holds you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to back up for a second because I remember when I was first getting into this whole quote world, not to make it culty or like one space. Anyone is welcome into circle of any mm -hmm journey you can wear this is what i say you can wear whatever it doesn't have to be flowy you know like <laughs> you can you can have a religious practice you could not have a religious practice you know there's so mm -hmm. many things here um that you speak to beautifully in your book around the way in which you approach ritual and circle in a non-dogmatic way coming from a religion i find mm -hmm. i found that I, when i was entering into this space of being like women's circle sisterhood spirituality paganism earth-based practices mm -hmm. that i felt daunted by the language and there was a way in which i felt an unbelonging in the language and so mm -hmm. when people would just throw around this word circle i'd be like what do you mean mm -hmm. like is what don't i see and so what is circle in the most basic definition circle is gathering in a circle, in the shape of a circle, um, with intention, creating a space of non-judgment, a space to be seen and held and witnessed, and a space where you feel safe to share and release and reconnect. So I think in its, its most basic space, that is, that is circle. Right. And so what are some of the tenets? Like what are the important touch points of a circle that I'm trying to find the right word and I don't want it to be, you know, a patriarchal dominant or, or like successful circle but mm -hmm. like, <laughs> of a circle that serves well. Like what are the important touch points to consider? Because this is, this book is for people who want to create more circle in their lives or host or, so what are important touch points for a circle that serves? So I think creating a, a space that feels safe where people feel at ease and warm. <laughs> I always vision the circle as this kind of womb-like space, and I always share that with other women on how we can recreate 
a space that feels like you could just fall and melt into. So this is usually the opposite of, you know, our day-to-day lives. This is a space that gets the oxytocin flowing, a space that is oozes that, that kind of connection. Another touchstone would be um, the power of holding space versus trying to fix someone else. So as you touched upon before in your circle, you were given that space to cry, to break down. Where in life are we given that opportunity to break down in front of others without others coming to your rescue? You are not here to be saved in the circle. You're here to save yourself in the circle. And the medicine comes when we can witness each other in that metamorphosis as we are transforming and alchemizing and healing. To be witnessed through that is the medicine of the circle. And so fundamental in the circle You are not here to fix anyone. And what that looks like is when someone shares, when someone's breaking down, when someone's opening, this is a moment for you to sit and truly see them and hear them, not to hug them, not to give them advice, not to wipe their tears away, to sit in your own space and hold that space for them. And I'd say the last thing for me that has been so powerful in circle is, I guess there's there's two things really, giving space to connect back to yourself, whether that's through meditation or introspection, to really create the space and environment for you to check in with you authentically, which again, I feel like it's rare in our day-to-day lives that we're given that invitation to just check in. Um, And lastly, ritual, which I know is so dear to your heart, introducing ritual back into our lives through the circle is such a beautiful way that we can begin to bring this practice back. And for me, ritual can look like anything you do with the intention of making it sacred. Yeah, I would would add that Those are all really beautiful and so real and true. I would add that you're sitting in a circle shape, right? And Mm -hmm. I love that you bring up in the book that that is a non-hierarchical shape. It Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's matriarchal and communal by nature. Mm -hmm. It's healing just to sit in a group in a circle versus having a teacher high up and you all facing it or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then within that, there's a place to center your attention, usually like a simple candle could be in the mm-hmm. middle, but this is really the power of altar creation. Yes, the altar space. And that can be a part of the circle ritual, creation of the altar, or it could just be there by whoever is physically hosting the space. I find that just, yeah, like a fl- the flame of a candle right in the center, mm-hmm. because there can be an intimidation of sitting, of simply sitting in circle together. And so if the flame of the candle mm. in the center is a great way to soften yes. and find presence. Yes, I love that. I I have a, um, a ritual basket, which I speak about in the book, which is like my, my essential tools that I bring to every gathering. I have a mama candle, a mother candle, which I place in the center like you. And then all the tools that I might need to guide women through or or that we might be using in the space. Um, And I find crystals very helpful and flowers, a deck of oracle cards as well. We want to connect to the cosmos. Yeah, paper and pens, always essentials for me. For if women don't want to share in that moment, I find it really useful to give them some paper and a pen to just begin to channel things down. Um, Because as you know, so much arises in the space, whether it's arising from within you or being reflected outside of you by the women who are sharing. So much medicine, it just seeps through in the circle. 
so having different tools to kind of guide and support the energy is yeah is a beautiful thing to have as well yeah and i think some some herbs to burn to clear energy mm. i know you talk about that too because sometimes things arise and it's clearing is such an important ritual practice that i think is so is sometimes forgotten or lost or people are nervous around because it might mm. bring up a sense of like oh i don't know what i'm yeah a sense of being um dissociated from energy management being able to tune into energy in the space or or navigate your own and to work with the burning i am such a it's one of the practice magical practices that is so important to me is the burning of plants and smoke medicine mm, in yeah. a space me too it just shifts things it's incredible seeing the power of it you talk about a ritual in your book i'd never heard of which is broom purification mm. i'm wondering if you could just <laughs> share what that is it was kind of a fusion between my mother and my first teacher zoe and my mom always used to say to me, if you're stuck, pick up a broom. And it was this idea that if you just take a broom and start brushing, the energy will shift, your energy will shift, your mind will settle, things will change by just picking up that broom and giving it a brush. And then when I met Zoe, she introduced me to this idea, um, purifying the space by by cleaning, physically cleaning. And I think so often in the new age world, we rely on this kind of spiritual cleansing, which is, you know, moving plant smoke through the room to clear the space. But the physical act of cleaning holds that very same medicine. And that is a medicine that our ancestors knew as well. You know, when women in the past century, you know, were predominantly homemakers, let's not forget that they were using their power through the home, right? So when they were cleaning, they were cleaning and clearing the space, both physically and energetically for their families. That was their medicine. It wasn't just a simple act of cleaning a room. It's the intention that you place into it. Um, and so I love that as a ritual before circle, this physical act of clearing the space, cleaning the space making sure it is clean before we begin. Yeah. One of my teachers, Liz Miliarelli, who taught me folk ma medicine and magic of old Europe, really connecting back to this, this place that my ancestors are from pre-patriarchy, whatever mm -hmm. that means. And understanding like the power of what we, what has somehow been dulled down to like mundane, meaningless in quotes, like tools of, keeping a home as being like the most magical tools around and a way to preserve the magic in times that were uncertain or unsafe and the broom being, being one that has held it. And we all are reminded of that, you know, at mm -hmm. Halloween and with witch lore and all of yes, that. Exactly. Uh, and she taught me that the vacuum can be that <laughs> and that <laughs> right, and the sponge can be that yeah. you know and we let's expand our awareness of how to move energy in and move energy out which i was so thankful for and i'm glad mm -hmm. that was literally yeah. passed down to you through your mother how special mm -hmm. i did hear luna are you feeling okay with everything i i think i'm just I'm aware of her. <laughs> yeah. I think my husband's got her, but if it gets yeah. loud. Oh, it's it's not about a loudness. It's more about, I know that when I hear my no, no, baby, no. I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> me too. No, my heart's a bit over that. But I'm saying if it gets loud, I'll, I'll go. But if You'll not, go. then okay. he's settling her. Of course, he can handle it. Yes, he can. He's got it. it. Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay. So I'm just trying to be a voice of the people. And yeah. here's something that. I just know someone listening, many are listening, are thinking, and what comes up a lot for me with people who message me, number one message I get, and I wonder what they are for you, is like, where's a, where's a women's circle in my area? And I say, mm -hmm. I think you're supposed to start one. And then they go, <laughs> I'm scared, no. Uh, and then the second thing, well, I, I'm really uncomfortable around women, and I Mm -hmm. I'm introverted or I've been burned or I'm just mm -hmm. a guy's gal or, you know, I'm queer, non-binary. Is it safe for me? There are so many ways in which 
and it all makes sense. I'm not making it wrong. Mm-hmm. It's been all many, many generations of tearing us away from each other and making circle mm-hmm. feel unsafe. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts to share about that, particularly for people who come to you who are like, this is very edgy for me. Well, I'd say that anyone that comes to me or you, the calling is alive inside of them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be messaging. So the circle is present. It's calling you. Um, And I would encourage every person to start exactly where they are. So in my training, the first thing we do before we learn what even a circle is, is we connect to what the intention is as to why they're here, why the circle is calling them. And what they'll find pretty quickly is this spark, this longing to gather together. And I share always that I started with that exact same longing eight years ago. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I'd never held space before. And I didn't do a teacher training. And I just followed this longing, which is I want to gather with a group of women in my apartment on the living room floor and share practices about all the beautiful things that I'm learning. That was it. And so I just did it. And each person who hears this calling has a longing, whether it's I have a longing to gather together with in circle because I need to heal this wound I have around other women. Or I want to gather in circle because I feel like I don't know who I am and I wonder if there are other people out there who don't know who they are too. And so I want to gather. So getting clear on on what it is that you are longing for in the circle is the step to vulnerably seeking that out and knowing that actually the medicine will come from you being that conduit to call in the tribe of people awaiting you who are awaiting the call as well. So that that calling is the initiation. And I would say start exactly where you are and know that is all that you need. Yes. And beautifully said, I I would add that um, for folks who are like, I'm afraid I'm going to invite people and no one will want to come. Mm -hmm. I'd say 99.9% of people want this. Mm. Like really want this. And if they can't Mm. come because of like whatever reason, it's not about you. (laughs) Maybe it's Mm. their schedule or they're scared or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but people want this. And I, I also say what I'm feeling from you and what it, what's resonating in me is, is like circle is a healing modality. It's not, things can come up in circle right? Like mm-hmm. I love how you talked about reflection and mirroring. Like there could be, uh, I've had experiences where women in circle have been deeply triggering and mm-hmm. I've had to look at why, mm-hmm. why is it because they're shining so brightly and I feel envy? Is it mm-hmm. because I need to look at something within myself? Am I in a state of grief? I, I find that the more I'm in the practice, the more I, my capacity to hold all of those feelings at once can be. But I like to be straight up that like circle is a practice that helps us grow. Mm-hmm. And for folks who particularly are like trying to heal their relationship with women, like it will be challenged, yeah. but that's no reason to run. I mean, I've been in circles that have needed deep repair. Like there have been mm-hmm. rifts. And Mm. I'm so proud of all of us Mm. for going through that. This was a devote, these are devoted circles we've met over time. Yeah. So I'm wondering what you, what you have to say about circles in trouble or circles who have issues or maybe spaces that aren't held well. And I know you teach this. So what do you have to share about that? I think, as you said, um, it is a practice. It's not a solution for anything. And so I like to see it as it's all the work. Whatever rises, it's the work, it's the medicine. Um, So trusting the things that come up and kind of seeing it as your homework, right, as as what you can take outside of the circle and work with and, again, return and see what alchemizes, see what shifts 
as you bring certain aspects into consciousness and into your awareness. In terms of if you're feeling that a circle is not a safe space, um, you know, as much as there isn't a hierarchy, which there isn't in circle, the space holder is, I guess, a little bit more responsible to ensure that the space is safe and that the energies are are flowing. And so if there feels like a rift or if there feels like things aren't in harmony, um, then I would encourage the space holder to reach out and to create conversations, to open up conversations. Um, I've known circles that have evolved and flourished many, many moons, and I've known some that have chosen to go their own way and create new spaces, and that's okay too. You know, this is all learnings and teachings, um, yeah, to really see the circle as the work itself, I think, is is a way to understand um, the journey unfolding as well. Mm, right. And the devotion is to the practice of circle. It's not a best friends club. Mm, yes. I exactly. think that's a great thing to, yeah, to help because there's so many of us are walking this earth with a, you know, an, an ancestral burden of being, of women being torn away from each other or not being safe together. There's mm -hmm. so much we carry, whether it's our own story or our ancestral story. And, and so it's this longing we have to gather. It's deep and the work is deep. And I don't say that to scare people. I just, I say it to, to let, for us to know how important it is. Yeah. You know, and if you're ever in a circle where there's, okay, here's something I've noticed is because we're so desperate to gather sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and many of us are, many of us, not all of us are caretaking, fawning, harmony desirers. And so if something's up, we may just push it down because mm -hmm. we're just so grateful to be together. <laughs> right? And then we create a culture of silence, which is mm -hmm. part of the problem, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, yeah. And so this is a muscle I really want us to strengthen together. You know, as we continue to circle, and this is a long game. There's no urgency here. It's a long game. Mm -hmm. May we be blessed and privileged to live a long life and circle many, many moons and heal this. But to keep in mind that if there is something up, that the circle can hold it. Yes. I've been in circle where people have brought things mm -hmm. up and my body shook. My body <laughs> shook because I was like, I hate conflict. And I, it was like, my body was like, what's this? <laughs> we mm. just had to get used to breathe, 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 mm. breathe, you know? And it was just someone being like, what you said, that hurt my heart. Yeah. And I noticed how intense that felt for me for us to not have harmony. But what I don't want us to do is to pretend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And actually um, what happens when that happens is the magic right? We're all so afraid of the fear. We're so afraid to step into that discomfort. But as we know through our healing journeys, it's only when we touch the discomfort that the discomfort can begin to fall away and the medicine arrives. And so this is a beautiful um, journey to go on right now in this conversation of actually when conflict is there, that's the very medicine um, that the circle needs. And the circle will always bring what is needed, whether it's the stories, the songs, the, the expressions that are held in that space. The circle is, is bringing it to us. So we need to trust that when conflict arises, that it's there for the same reason too. Um, and to step bravely. I was reading, um, actually... I bought the book of the lady you had on the podcast last week, the medicine book. Asha Frost, yes. Yes. And she said that her, her circles are not safe spaces. They are brave spaces. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what we are leading into with this discussion is it needs to become a brave space, a space where we can bring our courage and our vulnerability and the things that we hide away so deeply. We need to be brave and bring them to this space because the space can hold it. Mm. So that was inspiring to read. Yeah, thank you for bringing that in. It's so beautiful. We're talking and the sun has gone down in London and you were lit by the single candle and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> oh, I have so many questions. Okay. I have two more. One is because we are kindred souls. Can you just give us the real, real and what it was like to channel a book and a physical baby at the same time? So I, I think it was the moment I was six months postpartum when I had to write it, the book in three months, they wanted, they had a three month deadline. Whoa. Mm. And I just, I invoked the mama, the fierce mama, God knows what, like she felt like a tiger in me. And I was like, right, I am going to commit I made an oath to myself. I said, I will commit four hours a week or five hours a week, every week for three months to writing this book. This is the only amount of energy I am willing to give. If I can write it, then I'll do it. If I can't, then I won't. So that was, that was my oath to myself. So for those hours in the week, my mother and I had a beautiful woman called Kamari who came and helped with childcare. They would watch Luna for me while I would sit in our home office and it felt like speed write these chapters. <laughs> and I felt the universe and the goddess and this whole energy so with me every step of the way, like we've got this deadline, we've got this time crunch, we're going to go, we're going to go. I felt so divinely supported because it came through and it showed me, wow, when you have, you're a mother and you have a time pressure, how much you can get done. That was how I wrote the book, with the divine and with my mother and childcare beside me, exhausted a lot of the time. Do you drink caffeine? I did, I started to. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, it was. I had a very interesting journey with that. I started drinking caffeine um, after Luna was born to deal with the nights. But then, when I went to write the book, I realized I couldn't channel properly on coffee, and so I started drinking cacao. And that was my. It was just like a beautiful ritual that I had with it. I was like, it needs to be a more feminine to flow for me. Yeah, it worked really. It worked really well for me. But there were stages where I really resented the book, if I'm honest. Um, there were times when I, I looked at how much I needed to have done. And even though in my hours of writing, I was still thinking of the book during the rest of the time. You know, so the hours that I gave myself to write were not just the work. The work was the days where I spent walking in the woods thinking what I was going to write about. You know, I, I gave it each week a theme, a chapter. So if I was writing about seasons, I would really attune to the seasons around me. If I was working with the moon, I would work with the moon phases that week. So I really made it an embodied practice. But there were many days where I looked at my child and I looked at my to-do list and I felt resentful to it. There were many days where I wished I didn't have so much to do with my baby so I could just write and you know be in a little cabin somewhere and <laughs> write my beautiful book so it was hard it was a big task a big big task and um I think it only felt real when I held the book in my hands for the first time and I just took the biggest exhale and felt like <sighs> that was a journey <laughs> that was a lot uh, books aren't babies they are not babies but <laughs> they kind of are 
They are. There's a similarity there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can wrap up here. The book is called The Women's Circle by Anushka Florence. You can find you at thegoddessspace.com mm-hmm. or the goddess space on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say get this book if you want to make women's circle practice in your life. No matter where you are in all of that, whether you've done it before, you've never done it before, this book is so helpful, so well structured, gorgeous, inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it with you, anything you want to, an invitation or any wisdom that's coming through for folks listening to you? I would just welcome you to invite the circle back into your life and to trust that it will guide you. You don't need to guide it. Um, So if you're hearing that calling, if the circle is speaking to you, if this conversation has lit a flame inside of you, just follow the steps one step at a time. Yeah, it is every woman's birthright to step into this space. So allow yourself, give yourself that permission. Mm, beautiful. May this book go far and wide with ease and ripple out. Thank, Thank you, you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. In a time when our attention is being pulled in so many directions, I feel honored you chose to devote some of yours here with me. If you want to check out show notes or listen to past episodes, go to belongingpodcast.com. And if you like what we talk about here and want to know more, you can subscribe to my newsletter at beccapiastrelli.com. I'll be with you again soon.